Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio. I have never even kissed a girl before. Like, what am I doing? Like, what's about to happen? We became originally fast friends. I was secretly in love with her. And I guess the rest, as they say, is kind of history. I just knew, like, women just know that whatever I had experienced in that room with Abby and we had grown to deepen during conversation and letters that we'd written to each other was the kind of love that I was actually looking for, that I thought was fake. Glennon Doyle was still married to the father of her three children when she met Abby Wambach. She saw Abby across a room and felt something that can only be described as love at first sight. Now, Glennon didn't think it was possible to be with Abby, to leave her husband, to be with a woman, to blow up the carefully curated life that she had been taught she was supposed to have. But she did it anyway. And it wasn't easy, because life isn't easy or simple. But it was possible. And once Glennon realized it was possible, that's when she began to live the truest and most beautiful version of her life. Abby looks at me once a day and goes, I can't. I can't believe you married me. <laughs> that's like, if I had just give you one mm-hmm. sentence that she says the most often to me, yeah. that's it. And I do too. Like, we look at each other like, I can't believe we're married. Baby, I'm telling you, literally, if I find you dead, I will lay next to you and I will be dead. I know you within will. Within seconds. I know you will. We're Juliet and Juliet. I'm so grateful. Me every too. night. Me too. Yeah. I'm glad that you want to wake up with me. Yeah. I'm Joe Piazza. This is committed. Many of you might already know Glennon Doyle's story. You might be reading her new book, Untamed, right now. She's a best-selling author, activist, and incredible speaker. Her second book, Love Warrior, was celebrated by none other than Oprah. When I first read Glennon Doyle Melton's book, Love Warrior, I felt like I knew this girl. She was funny, and she was wise, and she felt like a friend. To me, uh, Glennon spoke for 
So uh, many people who don't feel brave enough to speak their own truth. And after sitting down with her on uh, Super Soul Sunday, I now call her. But here's what you need to know if you've never heard of Glennon before. Her first two memoirs were about overcoming her addictions to food and to booze, about becoming a mother and about her rocky marriage to a man named Craig. She wrote a raw and honest account of finding out how Craig had numerous one-night stands over the years and how ultimately they worked through it. And that was the topic of Love Warrior. It was a marriage redemption story. The publication of that book is where we're going to begin. It was one of the most anticipated books of 2016 and had already pre-sold tens of thousands of copies. She was promoting it at a librarian's conference in Chicago. Abby was there to talk about her own memoir about being a star on the United States soccer team. You want to go first? Because I always go first with this one. I was in the car ride on the way to the event. And on the way there, I was like briefly looking through all who the authors are and like what kind of work they created to see if there's anybody that I knew. And there was nobody that I knew, but I stopped on Glennon's page and I was like, oh, like this is interesting. At the time I was going through a really hard time in my previous marriage. I got arrested for a DUI and I was going through a divorce, like the whole thing. So her book, ironically, was this marriage redemption book told through the eyes of a truth teller, right? There was a dinner for the authors before the conference was supposed to begin. Glennon got there first and she started making small talk. Now, she's an introvert, so small talk is her idea of hell. But then, this woman walked into the room. Glennon describes her like this. She had short hair, platinum on the top, shaved on the sides. She was wearing a long trench coat, a red scarf, a warm half-smile, and a cool steel confidence. Just my entire being just said, there she is. There she is. So I, in the moment, I thought these words were just like coming to me from on high. Like, there she is. Like, I was having a Disney moment. But I think, really, I was just hearing from my real self. For the, just like burst through and was undeniable. So I stood up in the middle of the room and widely opened my arms as if expecting a hug, okay? And I still to this day do not understand what compelled me. I had to actually, I, I froze because everybody, everybody's head stopped looking at Abby and turned to look at me. For someone who has never believed in romantic love to tell a story that I'm a part of that has to do with love at first sight right. is like if you would have told me that these words were coming out of my mouth. So um, I'm like, Bleh. like I can't even think of talking about it. So then after the words rose in me, there she is. Tragically, my body also rose. All I saw was this woman at the other side of the room standing up. So it forced me to like walk around and like shake everybody's hands because she stood up. That was like the end of it. I had to get there. If Queen Elizabeth had mm -hmm. just walked into the room, this would be extra, mm -hmm. the way that I was reacting in this <laughs> moment. Too much. Too right. much, yeah. And so I was and like, you'd never, Shit. you didn't know anything about Abby. You weren't a big... <laughs> I wasn't a big sports <laughs> person, is the <laughs> understatement. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, no, and P.S., I had never, like, kissed a girl in my life. Like, I had no pr no context for for the experience that I was having. In that moment, in that moment, I just I, I just kind of bowed because I did. I, I was trying to pretend like maybe this is like my normal greeting to people <laughs> with this standing and bowing. And then I sat down and 
you know, the wild thing is that book that I was releasing at the time, Love Warrior, I was at that event to release this book. It was an Oprah book club pick. It was being touted all over the world as an epic marriage redemption story, right? And it was about the infidelity of my husband, my first marriage, and trying to figure out all of that. And I had tied it up pretty neatly and nicely in that book. And it felt much less tied up and neat in my body, (laughs) in my life, right? Glennon asked if she could hug this mysterious stranger that she was insanely attracted to. She wanted to hug her because she thought maybe this could be her only chance, her only chance to touch her. She describes the way Abby smelled during that hug in her book, and I love it. It was a smell that would eventually be like coming home to her. Her cologne, powder, wool. Like a baby and a woman and a man. The whole world. After this really great hug, they had to sit apart for the meal. I remember thinking, why do I want to sit right next to her? This is bizarre. What is going on? When it was time to walk into the actual conference, the place where all the librarians were gathered, they ended up walking in together and then up onto the stage together. All I could do to not, like, just sit in your lap. Right, right. It would be weird. Glennon is much smaller than I am. (laughs) But when we got up to speak, I've never been really a nervous public speaker. We were supposed to be speaking for 13 minutes or 18 minutes or something. And I told my assistant, I was like, give me a five-minute heads up when it's five minutes left, and then I'll start kind of wrapping it up. Terribly long-winded. I got through like five minutes of this thing, trying to explain my book, and I was so nervous to be on that stage speaking in front of her. And I was like, what the heck is happening? So I was just like, thank you. And I ended my speech. It was eight minutes long, and I just went and sat down, and I was like, this is so weird. What just happened? And then she gets up and she just slays. Like, Glennon is such a great public speaker. I used to be a good public speaker, evidently, in my mind. And I laughed, I cried, I learned, and I, like, breathed for the first time in my life when she was up there speaking. Mm. I was secretly in love with her, and um, I guess the rest, as they say, is kind of history. There's something weird that happened between Abby and me on the stage we were on together, that this woman, who was her assistant, came up to me after the show. And sh- the show, whatever yeah, it was. unbeknownst to me. I yeah. Didn't know. Her name was Jordan. And she started crying. And she said, I don't know what's going on, but I've never seen Abby look like she looks right now, like when she's watching you. And I just feel like she needs you in her life. So I'm sorry. This is so weird. But can I just, like, be in touch with you. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And I think that when Jordan was watching me watch her, she could just see that that was exactly what was going on inside of me. My soul was finally taking a breath. And, you know, at the time I was like really in a bad place. I had just retired from soccer and that was concerning to my friends. I was not yeah, in a good place. Yeah, Jordan was scared for you. I, yeah. was, I was in a weird moment of my life. And so she's like literally seeing me inhale for the first time in literal months. That was it. Like as soon as we left that night, I went back and I read the book. I loved the book Love War minus the ending, right? I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, I don't like the way this ends. 
sends with me not in the picture. <laughs> we uh, left and she went back to Portland and I went back to Florida and we never were in the same room together again until we had both completely dismantled our lives. Glennon went home to Craig, went back to chugging along in the marriage she'd saved, but one that still didn't feel right. Her book, Love Warrior, had ended with her renewing her vows on a sandy beach overlooking the Gulf of Mexico. It was called Love Warrior because she'd warriored that marriage back from the brink. But she couldn't stop thinking about Abby. So Glennon wrote Abby a letter, and she thought maybe that was it. Maybe she'll write this letter, send it off, and nothing. But then Abby wrote back. Again and again, the letters just kept coming. Glennon describes those letters like blood transfusions, like each one pumped fresh life through her veins. I just knew, like women just know, that whatever I had experienced in that room with Abby and we had grown to deepen during conversation and letters that we'd written to each other was the kind of love that I was actually looking for that I thought was fake. So, you know, the next bunch of months were all about connecting and friendship and realizing that we were stupidly in love. Glennon started to realize something. She realized there was a life meant for her that was truer than the one that she was living. But in order to have it, she was going to have to forge it for herself. She wrote in Untamed, you will have to create on the outside what you're imagining on the inside. Only you can bring it forth. And it'll cost you everything. Time for a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty-turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. First and foremost, Glennon is an incredible mother. And it was always her kids that she was worried about. She was worried about what would happen to them if she got divorced, if she left her husband, Craig. See, like a lot of women that I know, like myself, from the moment that Glennon had her three babies, she put their needs ahead of her own. And then one day, one day after she knew she was in love with Abby, she looked at her daughter and thought, I'm staying in this marriage for her, but would I want this marriage for her? And that's when she started to realize that a responsible mother doesn't stay and slowly die for her kids. That's when she knew she had to tell Craig. She had to tell Craig that she was in love with Abby. 
as soon as I really owned it for myself, I decided, okay, I actually don't owe Craig the rest of my life. I don't owe him the rest of my life, actually. I don't buy that anymore. But I do owe him complete honesty. So the second that I knew, I sat down with Craig and just said, here's the deal, and told him everything. And this was before we had even touched, before we had even been in the same room, before any of it. And because I knew, I remember talking to um, my sister about when I was about to tell him, and I knew that chances that Abby and I would be together forever and get married. Not strong. Like, didn't have a... Yeah. The chances were not low, good. Low, low, right. low, low percentage. But I knew that it was like when you find the thing, you can't pretend that the thing you have is the thing anymore. Like, I couldn't pretend anymore that this love that I had imagined wasn't real. Like, I knew it would. it was real. And so I knew that I had to leave my marriage regardless of whether this was going to work out or not. Glennon told Craig, and he was quiet. And then he said to her, three years ago, you gave me more grace than I deserved. He was talking about his own infidelities. He continued, now I'm going to return it to you. I want you to be happy. They ended up telling their kids together. Once she told Craig, Glennon felt like she could finally see Abby in person again. After we had gone through having the hard conversations with Craig, I flew to Los Angeles because Abby was getting an award award from ESPN. This was like the end of her career, and I just felt like I really wanted to be there as like the beginning. So I flew to L.A., and we had both blown up our lives, and we had never been in the same room together alone. And I had—I just remember like landing, like landing on the plane and thinking, "I have never even kissed a girl before. Like, what am I? Do- like, what what's about to happen? You know?" And I walked into the room. It was really great, <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. I it mean, was it was super really nerve wracking, right? Meeting somebody for the first time for the like. You've professed love to this person. Right. You want to, you know you want this person forever, but you've never really been in physical contact. <laughs> so it's scary as hell. We were like the original Love is Blind. Yeah. Like that yeah. show that's yeah. out now. I mean, yeah. it's terrifying. It's like really scary because you're like, what if this doesn't work? It's like an, almost like an, an arranged marriage. <laughs> that we arranged know? ourselves. That we arranged yeah. ourselves and we find ourselves in this moment. But luckily, everything fit and everything was great and it was awesome. We were a match. I don't know. I just, I'm so grateful that Glennon could find a way to open herself up to the possibility of true romantic first, like, first love. Like, mm-hmm. love, what is it? Uh, when you see somebody for the first time, why am I? Love at first love sight. Love at first sight, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I'd always believed in it. I always knew she was out there. She's the cheesiest romantic. Her favorite movie is The Notebook. Of course it is. Like, it's are good. you kidding it's me? No, everybody's, no. every it's romantic. Every, it's every no, romantic's it's favorite. Are you favorite serious? Movie. Baby, I'm telling you, Literally, if you if I find you dead, I will lay next to you and I will be dead. I know you within will. Within seconds. I know you will. We're Juliet and Juliet, for sure. <laughs> I had never considered that it will be with a woman. I think that's one of the reasons why I trusted it so much is because I wanted Abby and it was the first time that I had wanted anything beyond what I had been conditioned to want. And I loved her 
And it was the first time I had ever loved anyone beyond the people I'd been expected to love. And that's why I trusted that it was completely and totally from me, right? Because everybody else in my life was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, yeah, right? It was perfect, perfect. But yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that experience with Abby I mean, we're, we're given one version of family that's supposed to be this perfect. Well, I had the little perfect family that looked perfect from the outside. It was the ideal nuclear family, right? And it didn't fit at all. And now we have this family with like two moms and a dad and, you know, the, they're best friends, good friends. And like the kids are all over the place and it looks so different from the outside and it fits us perfectly. Glennon and Abby knew from the very beginning that they wanted to get married, that they needed to get married. We never, we wanted to be married. Like, we we were obsessed with getting married. I think it's so funny because it's like so, we're so like anti-patriarchy and so anti, like, liberated and all of these things. And yet we were desperate to get married. Like, I don't think we, we couldn't handle, we couldn't breathe, like you say, until we were married. I needed to be legally bound to you. Yeah, she just, you always say you wanted it to be official that I couldn't leave quit yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Which is hilarious. Both of us were married before. Yeah. We clearly it makes know. no real sense. <laughs> yeah, you just want it to be, you want it to be as difficult as possible, right? I, I think the reason why I wanted to be married so bad is not because I believe in the institutions that created marriage. For the most part, I don't believe in the institutions themselves or church or religion even. I think that, that, you know, God is God and you don't need religion to tell you what God is. But when it comes to, like, this ritual and this rite, because we weren't, and gay people haven't always been and had the opportunity to be married, because that was, like, really an option on the table now, I wanted to somehow normalize because homosexuality has not always been normal, right? Like it's well, just it's always been normal, but it's never been. It hasn't always been viewed as viewed as normal, right? Normalized. Right, right, yeah. right. And and I think that I wanted to make it clear how serious this was. Like if you had turned to me on that dais in front of those librarians five minutes after we met mm-hmm. and had been like, "Will you marry me?" I would have been like, "Yes, absolutely." <laughs> There's some business to take care of first. <laughs> yeah. It was Abby who proposed. She did it after she asked Glennon's parents for their permission. She told them, I love your daughter and grandchildren like I've never loved before. I've spent my entire life searching and preparing myself for them. I promise you that I will love and protect them forever. Glennon's mother's response was, Abby, I have not seen my daughter this alive since she was 10 years old. And so they planned their wedding. It was so wonderful. It's perfect. We made a list, and our our criteria were they were going to be people that we loved, but then it was way too many people, so then it was people that we loved and liked. <laughs> and that <laughs> narrowed it down a Mom heck of a lot. Up. Right, right. It, it narrows it down, right. So I think we had about, like, what, 30, 35 people there? Yeah. Um, so many of them were my family. I have a, mm-hmm. I'm the youngest of seven, so that took a, a bunch of seats. Yeah. We wanted it to be really small and intimate. Yeah. And the cool part is, you know, my editor, Whitney Frick, is one of my best friends. And she was there. And she's been such an—my my agent, Margaret, my, my team are, like, my people. They're not 
I've been with them forever. So I have this incredible team of women and most of them were at our wedding. So it's so cool with this untamed book to write it alongside them. I mean, they've walked us through this entire, they were there for Love Warrior. They were there for the Abbey path. They were there at the wedding. They like, so this is a celebration. This launching of this book is really a celebration of this whole last five years. Mm -hmm. And the wedding was wonderful. We were nervous about, I was nervous about the dance. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like all eyes are on you. Because they are. Um, what song did you guys dance to? <laughs> it's so weird. But we were obsessed with, at the time with this song called Holy mm-hmm. by, was it like Florida Georgia Line Florida or Georgia something? Line. Yeah. So it was like the two lesbian couple, like the couple dancing to the country, country. song. Yeah. I don't know. It was very, it was a moment. Yeah, it was, it was our, it was definitely our song. Yeah. I mean, it was beautiful. Being it was so around perfect. It was the best day ever. It really was. And I was just really happy to, like, leave on our honeymoon the yeah. next day. Yeah. Time for a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Blending families is never easy. And Glennon doesn't pretend that what she did wasn't hard. But she and Craig were adults, and they acted like adults. And every step of the way, they were completely committed to their kids. Craig and and Abby actually started a relationship, which was difficult in the beginning. And Craig was really honest with her about his feelings about all of it. But they just freaking warriored together and like built a friendship and Craig was able to present to the kids actual love for Abby which gave the kids permission to love Abby which was just greatest gift that anybody maybe has ever given me except your love yeah being able to cultivate relationships with quote-unquote stepchildren we don't call them that we call them my bonus children I mean, they literally feel like they came from me. Mm-hmm. And do you if, feel like Craig is to thank for part of that? Yes, he was so Lar- in large yeah. part. And and also, it wasn't just him welcoming me into the family. It was also him and Glennon raising these children to be the kind of people that would welcome somebody like me into a family dynamic to create a better version. To not um, get so, and and this doesn't mean that divorce is not devastating, and it wasn't, you know, I think it was devastating for them. Um, but I just am so grateful for both Glennon and Craig that they gave me the opportunity to have children of my own, 
and I wouldn't want it any different. I mm-hmm. wouldn't want my own little baby. Like I have three children to mm-hmm. take care of, and that's quite enough. That's too much. My God. <laughs> Too many children. <laughs> Jesus. Untamed is a memoir. It's a memoir and it's a guide for how women can take the path less taken. It's about how Glennon Doyle listened to this little voice inside her and chose to move on from her husband so that she could start a new life with the woman she loved. And from the very beginning, from almost the first day that they met, Abby wanted her to write that story. I knew early on in our relationship that I wanted her to write the shit out of this story. I knew that. I didn't know how that would look or how it would evolve. One of the most beautiful parts of her writing this love story is that though, yes, like some of the the words are surrounded by this love story, it is all about the work of one woman untaming herself. And I think that that, for me... I have done a lot of work in my life rejecting social norms. Clearly the way that I dress, the job that I did for a long time, you know, I've been kind of fighting against a lot, but I also have so much work to be done in terms of my own taming throughout my life. And watching Glennon and seeing how dedicated she is to not just her craft, but really her humanity and and the way that she's processing through her life Like, you've never met somebody who's more of a radical truth-teller. And when you're married to one, it forces you to be more honest and truthful with yourself and with your partner, which is so great for me because I have a tendency to, like, swallow and swallow and swallow. So for me to have her write this, it was it's beautiful. She's an amazing writer. She's my favorite writer. But to see what this love has been able to do for her in terms of freeing herself, that has been what has been most epic about it. Hmm. <laughs> cool. I just love you so much. I love you so and I'm much. so grateful that you can put work like this out into the world for people to help help themselves with. Hmm. Thank you, love. We still look at each other. I mean, Abby looks at me once a day and goes, I can't, I can't believe you married me. <laughs> that's like, if I had to give you one mm-hmm. sentence that she says the most often to me, yeah. that's it. And I do too. Like, we look at each other we're like, I can't believe we're married. There was like a secret part inside of my soul that felt, I found that match. But there was another part of me that felt like, or feels like a fraud on some level. I'm like, I've got to do this before she finds me totally out. <laughs> I got to get this locked down, you know? So truly, I think like one of the most things, the, the, the biggest emotion I felt after our wedding was like relief that it was that it was done. <laughs> that it was done and dusted. No take backs. No take backs. No take backs. And she still wants to be married to me. It feels like I've won some sort of lottery, you know? Aww. It really does. And it feels like, are you, have you figured anything out that you want? Do you want to leave me? No. No. Every night is like a really good date, but also like a girl's night. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I mean, we're like, we we get in bed with our ice cream mm-hmm. and we never freaking stop talking because, I mean, same gender women marriages, it's just like it never effing stops. Like we start talking. I can talk to 
death with Abby. No, 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 no. Uh, we, no. That's, it's just other humans. Count for, for, she doesn't count for yeah. that. We're the same. <laughs> yeah. Our daughter said, it's like you get to have sleepovers every night. Our teenage daughter so said to me, I'm like, yes, that's what we do. It's like a sleepover every I single know. night. It's so fun. And I'm so grateful. Me every too. night. Me too. Yeah. I'm glad that you want to wake up with me. Yeah. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza, with special thanks to Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach. You can pick up a copy of Glennon's new book, Untamed, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. It was produced, edited, and mixed by Ramsey Yunt. Live sound recording by Emily Marinoff. The executive producers are Joe Piazza and Tyler Kling. Theme song by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com. That's j-o at committedpodcast.com. You can grab a copy of Joe's book, How to Be Married, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.